0: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) this is the Neighbors Livecast, I'm Super Dave aka Mr. Incredible and this is take two (laughs) Uh, and with me as always is DC's native son, the SE3 representative, Jason, what's up brother? Good morning. And shout out to our feminine energy, Patrice Fruitfit Jones, she's out on travel right now. We wishing her safe travels and, and uh, uh, traveling mercies, uh, and uh, but destiny has smiled on us because in her absence, uh, uh, filling in today with her feminine energy, Amen. is one of my very best friends. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I say she's a fun-sized vessel of black girl magic. That's hilarious. Miss Aisha (laughs) Green. Welcome. How are you? It's good to see you. Yeah, yeah. And we got a great show for you today. Our guest is uh, coming in momentarily, as you can see. He's Mm -hmm. connecting to the audio. So uh, in in the few minutes that I have, I want to talk to you guys.
1: Uh, uh, Aisha, how you been? It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too, David. I am doing fantastic. Oh, we
0: got a guest. Yeah, hey. How you doing, oh brother? <laughs>
2: Hey, how's it going, man?
0: Good, yeah. good, man. Good, man. I bet you ain't got no pants on underneath. No, <laughs> that means it's true. <laughs> right. <I> mean... <laughs> but, no uh. Comment. Right, right, right. Officially, no comment. <laughs> Officially. But, yeah, no welcome. Comment. So, um, as you can see, our guest is with us now. Um, this is a dude that I've known, uh, most of my life, most of his life. Um, uh, and it's, it's just awesome to see, you know, uh, uh, the heights that he has ascended to. So he's a graduate. Uh, he graduated magna cum laude from Morehouse College and earned his uh, Juris Doctor. Is that correct? Is that say? Am I saying it right? Yeah, no, Juris you got it right. From yeah. from Georgetown University Law Center. He's a CEO and chair of the Young Lawyers Division of the National Bar Association. Um, he provides expert counsel for Fortune 100 companies and owns several businesses and 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 properties in the DC area ladies and gentlemen Nicholas Austin is with us today and we're so glad to have him here how you doing sir
2: good good i'm sorry i was a little
0: late i had to finish a, a work zoom you know I oh yeah little, so yeah no, it's shuffling it's, it's back good and forth. all that stuff i just named you a busy dude man we we, we understand <laughs> nah. we appreciate you uh, for for making the time to come come kick it with us a little bit Now when uh, when i originally asked you to come on was right um right before the whole COVID thing popped off. And so uh, we yeah. had to reschedule. So I'm glad that we were able to get you on here. And um, at that time, I originally was, uh, you know, thinking of having you on to talk to you uh, primarily about um, a lot of the uh, the issues that have been going on, you know, um, in the country with uh, police brutality and things like that. And we were venturing, like, you know, uh, legal opinions and stuff with actually no legal knowledge whatsoever. So I thought it would be dope to have someone who um, actually has some you know, uh legal uh, a couple of letters behind the name to talk to us a little bit about it. But I didn't even think that, you know, in this time we would be able to actually talk to you also about all this election stuff that's going on and Yeah, I mean and, it's, uh, it's busy times for the country. Yeah, definitely, that's, definitely. Uh, so um so or yeah or worse. That right, right. So <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna get into a lot of stuff. Um but uh first there's uh, a few things going on in the city and in the country and in the world that we're going to talk about um like yeah, I said this going on day. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, man. Uh the, like I said that the whole election situation as y'all know the big news um uh Trump is out, Biden's in. You know, Donald Trump and uh I mean, I'm sorry, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the new president elect and uh, vice president elect of the United States of America, of this corporation that we live in. Uh so uh yeah, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. Um so uh we've talked a lot about you know elections and and how they run and things of that nature um and the effect that elections do or don't really have on you know people on uh, in our level um or in different facets of america and so i just wanted to get you guys opinion and and i'm gonna uh, start with our guest uh on um the new president elect and, and and vice president and uh you know, just the whole proceedings. Uh, so um, Biden's the the, the the guy now. How do you feel about He's that? A
2: yeah. Biden's a man. Biden's a man. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, because I, I hope I don't offend anybody, but there are a lot of hoteps out there. And you'll have people that say, well, Biden doesn't care about black people. And what have the Democrats done for, for black people? And, you know, Trump's here and we should support Trump. And I laugh at that because clearly people don't read, don't yeah. pay attention to the news, have no idea of the things that the Democratic Party has done, right? You know, people go, oh, well, Trump gave money to HBCUs. I'm like, it was Obama that actually doubled the HBCU funding during his eight years in office, and Trump just decided to continue it and not, you know, eliminate it, which is good, (laughs) right? You know, so he gets credit for that. But, you know, you'll have the hoteps out there saying, oh, well, Obama didn't do anything for black people. You know, it was Obama's administration and the Democrats that decriminalized a lot of the scheduled drugs in America. So a lot of African-American men in particular were released from prison during Obama's reign because, you know, the federal government decided to take a different approach under Obama and not prosecute people, you know, for for marijuana possession and things like that. And so, you know, I hear the hoteps out there and I I just shake my head because, you know, you're reading something you saw on Instagram, you know, Mm -hmm. versus somebody who's been doing this in the field. You know their entire lives so it was kind of disappointing to see the black community you know not coalesce around biden and an african-american woman also running to be the first person of color period person a woman of period you know vice president in our entire country's history so i was kind of really disappointed in our our community and that but they still prevailed anyway You know, it still prevailed. And, you know, we got a Howard graduate, as you know.
0: H.U.?
2: You know, you you got a Howard graduate that's going to be, you know, a heartbeat away from the presidency. And so if you can't get excited about that as an African-American person or a person of
0: color, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's um, an interesting perspective. I want to hear uh, (laughs) Aisha.
1: Well, you know, I was going to let Jay chime in on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, you said, nah, you don't have a...
2: Nah, don't be shy. Don't well, y'all be no, shy. came was, to talk. I Jay is one of those hoteps that's,
0: uh, right, that you that's spoke about.
2: I, <laughs> I mean, I got to keep it real because I, I've spent the past 10 years studying this stuff. And so it's hard because... People don't realize a lot of the talking points that you get, you know, Obama had not done anything for black people. A lot of that's actually come from the Republican Party. You know, yeah. sources like Breitbart, you know, conservative sources have put a lot of this material out and then it circulates on Instagram. And then you get somebody who just reads a, a fact pattern on Instagram or watches a YouTube video and all of a sudden they're knowledgeable about it and it, it's really harmful for the community. I'm, I'm not saying that you, you know, have to listen to everything that everyone tells you, but a lot of this information is public. You can go to the Library of Congress and pull tapes of congressional hearings, right. you know? Everything that, that's passed is at the Library of Congress. And if we live in Washington, D.C., unlike most people in the country, we have free access to a wealth of information. And you can go and fact check some of this stuff yourself, and, and some of it's just simply not true, Good. you know? And so So, that's the part that, you know, I have, you know, a lot of trouble with because I feel it's dangerous for for the black community.
1: So I will piggyback on the HOTEP comment um, because I don't know the statistics. But um, according to some news resources that I've listened to, um, they've indicated that a lot of African-American men came out in larger numbers this election cycle for Donald Trump. And, oh, I wish I could call her name. I think Dr. Tessie Cotton, Cotton um, she was uh, talking about it on The Daily Show. And one of the things she referenced was the male patriarchy and the alliance with a lot of traditional Black men with regards to that and that Trump embodies or is a rep- representative of that kind of energy. And I just want to ask Black men yeah. how you feel or identify with that.
0: Well um, he is well he is Kanye West daddy. I don't know if you saw that whole thing that <laughs> came out, but
1: his father did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. yeah,
0: no, that's that's what happened. So but uh but yeah, Jay, what you got? Uh
3: well, as you know, Dave, I, I really haven't really been paying a lot of attention to the election and uh, the climate surrounding it. Um uh, and you know, based based on my limited understanding of uh politics and political science um i just i've always assumed the office of the presidency of the united states was a position just like you know um vp or you know whatever positions you have in corporations and so whatever comes with that uh position has duties and uh responsibilities whenever you uh get a job in a new position let's say if you want to a uh structure and you go up the line you go from manager to regional manager to you know director whatever the uh the categories are in a particular company you know when you fill a new role you know uh that role has duties and responsibilities so from my limited understanding of politics and electoral politics and political structure the office of the presidency of the united states is a position. Um, that would be filled by the most qualified person, you know, to fulfill those duties and responsibilities. Um, and so I guess my position is that uh, the, the foundation of the corporation of the United States, um, and I don't know how it's so hard to argue, I, I, you know, I, I'd be a, a bit confused about things, but I, I've never seen um, the office of the presidency of the united states work in favor of its you know slaves or its uh uh second class citizens who don't uh receive full evil and uh uh acknowledgement or rights um and um i don't know if i consider myself a HoTep, but based on the definition of HoTep, i kind of like i like with, I mean just as far as the general definition of what hotep means, I don't see a negative in it.
1: Yes, um, Hotep Jay, like quintessential.
0: She said you're and a quintessential I'm, I'm,
3: hotep. I
1: don't know, man, like I'm a, I'm a limited
3: I have limited understanding of things and I just base my position off, you know, my life, my family, my community, you know, uh just the region of the world that, that I've been able to see and touch. Um you know, so I don't really have like a big opinion on it. Like, it—I it, mean, it, it has never really mattered who's been president for me. And unlike uh, 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 the brother, seems to uh, assume. Like, I read a whole lot. Um, you know, I was in your illustrious HU and political science, uh, getting my master's until I had I gained an understanding about uh, electoral politics and politics. Whereas, I was like, oh, I don't really need a degree. Uh, to understand because I had gotten and understood what I what I was seeking. You know, the reason that I, I enrolled at Howard in the master's program in political science is to gain a better understanding of electoral politics, how it affects me, how it affects my community and the people that I know, love and care for. And then once I gained a certain understanding, like I left, uh, as you know, Dave, I ran for mayor of Washington, D.C. two times um, and met and billed with a lot of elected officials who are now in office. Um, And I I gained a lot of understanding, man. So I guess the biggest concern with me is the division and the divide amongst Black people surrounding politics and electoral politics in particular, because it seems to be a hamster wheel that uh, we still are in the same position. We, We still have the same struggles that my parents had and that their parents had and that their parents had in regards to and I'll leave while well, I'll stop by quoting the great Tupac Shakur. You know, we built this country and we don't get none of the damn benefits.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with you, brother. You know, but for me, it's the reason that I feel that we don't is because we don't play the game as African-Americans in this country. Unfortunately, the country political structure rewards those communities that vote they reward those communities that are super involved. And the best example anyone can ever give is the Jewish population in this country. You know, they, you know, it's no secret, you know, traditional conservative Caucasians do not like Jewish people. They do not, you know? You know, the difference is they have managed to, regardless of their differences, the people are different, whether it's a, a group of 10 Jewish folks, or a group of 10 African-Americans, we're all gonna be at all different levels of the socioeconomic spectrum, where you know, some of us may be gay, some of us may, may be straight, some of us may be conservative, some of us may be liberal, but the Jewish folks have managed to put their differences aside and come together in okay. pursuit of one common interest. And that kind of power is what our current political system rewards, right? And so Jewish folks come together and they get their synagogue and they get their communities they build PACs, they contribute money to political organizations that will advance their interests in math, and then they go do that. You know, as African Americans, we've I'm just sure never been able do to, 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 to do that in a way where we have more clout in the political system. But I, one thing I want to add is, you know, people go, oh, it doesn't matter who's president. Oh, it doesn't matter, you know, if I vote. But then the question is, why are Republicans and ultra-conservatives and neocons spending hundreds of millions <laughs> of dollars every year to affect right. black people not voting in this country? Right. If it didn't matter, you wouldn't have organizations that are literally formed to try and prevent blacks from voting. And and that's what I try to get people to wake up and see that our power in america if we come out and vote we control the entire political system you know joe biden himself said in his concession speech you know last night or the night before that he couldn't have won without african americans coming out to vote so people go oh it doesn't matter it matters so much who's president right because that's going to determine whether we have free health care that's going to determine whether you know student loans are going to get forgiven that's going to determine the amount of funding for pale Grants for people to go to, to school. You know, it's it's going to affect a lot of things, you know. Now, granted, day-to-day, whether you choose to, you know, you know, brush your teeth or not in the morning, whether you choose to, you know, go here for dinner or there, no, it's not going to affect every single thing in your life, but a lot of the legacy things of how the quality of life your kids will have and their kids will have, you know, it can't affect that. All
0: right, dude. Yeah. Uh, we got a response, to, No, but uh, sorry. Right.
1: <laughs> no, no, the, the, I'm in total agreement. Like one of the things I posted well, was that now that you know Joe Biden yeah. has been elected, do so until after. Oh,
0: I'm
3: sorry, <laughs> no, no, you get. <laughs> <good. laughs>
1: and Stacey Abrams, <laughs> in Georgia, they have the runoff um, for the Senate. Um, so you know it's important that the constituents in the state of Georgia are active and uh, participate so that. Um, for Democrats, we can um, flip the Senate. You know, what I mean, that'll be huge for George. Oh, excuse me, for George Biden. Jesus, for Joe Biden. <laughs> as, changed um, his name. Elect. Yeah, whole new name. You know, because I know for <laughs> for Obama, um, that was a hamstring. Like being able to get legislation passed was it, it was impossible in a lot in a lot of instances because the Democrats didn't have the majority in the Senate.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, and, that, and that goes back to the point of, oh, Obama didn't do anything for black people. You know, yeah, You know, right. if black people came out and voted, you know, not just for president, but for the Senate races and the House races, maybe he would have been able to do more, you know? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, he did what he could with what uh, capabilities he could. Um, and I think that it is um, a disservice, especially because he was the first African-American president to put so much expectation because he's the president for the entire United States not just for us um and the scrutiny just the ridicule and the overall energy that obama had to bear as the first african-american president for him to come out and not be not to have a mental breakdown is amazing so
0: yeah, yeah. so um so i want to touch on a little bit of something that that nick mentioned and, and that i noticed was uh it was an interesting trend um uh, about uh, black people, uh, or, you know, African Americans, descendants of slaves, and and those that aren't descendants of slaves, descendants of Native mm-hmm. Americans, coming out and um uh in in a higher numbers uh for Donald Trump. Now I lean more toward the the ideology of of the the presidency, um, you know, uh the structure and and uh, sometimes I question the amount of effect effectiveness that that office has and and how much it's being controlled by different entities and things of that nature um and so that and i have a lot of skepticism and um i wouldn't say i'm hotep by any uh, uh <laughs> but i don't even you know that term is is uh yeah. you know I'm, I don't,
1: you're a theorist you're not a hotel
0: yeah yeah because more conspiracy theorists so yeah but it was interesting to me that you know. Uh, so, so me personally, I, I look at myself as somebody who, um, I kind of stay, kind of out of those discussions. Like I voted in this election. Like I put on my um, um timeline. I don't believe in like the the system is crazy right now, right? And so, um, the the political system as it stands with the electoral college and how it was supposed to be set up to help. Some states have more, you know, power or some um, areas in some states have more power. That whole convoluted thing that's crazy. And when you get down to the core of it, it's just a a way to say, you know, um, even though everybody picked this person, if we want this person in power, you know, I mean, uh, that that can be done. But uh, with all that being said.
3: That's also uh, open information that everybody can read. And right, right. The Electoral College
0: is is, is is bonkers and it needs to be abolished, honestly, in my yeah, opinion. It's, really but- a psych-
3: it's a psychosis how that information exists online and people are still s- so very confused as opposed to what the process is in the electoral uh, voting.
0: And, and yeah, even no, even and it after, should be abolished, they yeah definitely even should abolish the electoral process. even after it happened twice once with uh with uh Al Gore and then again with Hillary Clinton, where they both got more votes physically than the other person but the other yeah. person, But anyway, but I say all that to say that um you know even if you're it, looking at it from w from my standpoint, even if you're gonna pick a side to see so many black people pick. Uh, and people like, you know, um, and not giving any stock to the things that, that rappers say, per se, but it, people like Lil Wayne and and, and, and and 50 Cent and people like that to come out and say, you know, oh, these tax breaks are, you know, it's what's really pushing me toward, and the, the, the financial aspect of it is what's pushing me toward uh, voting for uh, Donald Trump. Even if you're going to pick a side, like to pick the side that aligns itself, like they had the couple that was waving the guns at the Black Lives Matter protesters speaking at their convention. Like, Mm -hmm. they separated, this this dude's legislature separated kids from their families at the board. You know what I'm saying? These kids that still don't, you know, uh, can't find their parents today. Stand back
2: and stand by. Right, right,
0: to align yourself (laughs) with that, uh, you know what I'm saying, that ideology. You know, if you have to pick a side, to align yourself with that side, like, what does that say about black people in america that more you know have been aligning themselves with like looking beyond all the stuff that in my opinion would have me to say if i were to pick a side that definitely wouldn't be it like, can I say I, something, like yeah sure sure so let me tell you something You like man, patrice now i asked for permission to speak you can speak let me <laughs> well it's
3: different because it's the zoom and uh, you know, if I was a person, I would just jump over y'all shit. Like, <laughs> oh, you, gotta, you gotta ask. So I guess I, I'm also confused about what you asked about. Right. But I was, my homeboy was locked up with, uh, with Dylan Roof. Right. Okay. And, wow. And he's viewed as an American hero. And, uh, as is George Zimmerman, he's yeah. viewed to white America as a, an American hero as is the, the officer that murdered uh, Mike Brown in mm-hmm. So I've heard people from these areas uh, say that the culture surrounding these individuals, they're deemed as heroes, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so to, so the demographic that feels that way, Donald Trump is a representative of what the true, real America is, right? But if you talk to the the liberal public or just general, like on television, uh, it will be deemed that these people, this officer, and Dylan Roof and George Zimmerman are these horrible monsters. But in the reality of what America really is and how it feels, like Donald Trump is the representative of the truth, and the truth is, you know. That is what they think about black people. Like, if you hurt, harm, or, or cause danger to black people, like you're a hero. That's why these officers have these little secret uh, gangs within the police unions, where like they kill black people, and like it's like renegade groups. There was a guy in California that that went to court uh, saying that he was doing crazy shit to be a part of the like the the inner gang and the and the units and. the lapd and uh so the strange thing is that black people don't see this like you know like what yeah yeah like yeah like the whole uh, just justice for who like what's justice getting a a million dollar payoff like you know what i'm saying like george zimmerman signs
0: skittle bags and yeah. shit to, to yeah. pay his bills yeah 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 and uh and i mean um and it's like it's like yeah but okay but
1: now you know i mean I white supremacists support own.
3: their
0: own yeah, yeah.
1: right somebody say but it's not and they happen to have
0: more money too
1: <laughs> it's not that we don't see it it's that it's imperative that we push so that because in saying that that's the truth the reality is there's a definite split in america as far as those who want to maintain the status quo and who recognize that they but don't black uh, people want to maintain the status quo no no not us i'm talking about that 50 percent that voted for donald trump they want things to stay the status quo they want the white male patriarchy to stay in the position of power to their own detriment to their own loss of life to their own loss of advancement whatever it may be. And there is the other side that recognizes that America, in order for it to move forward, has to embrace and recognize the diversity in this country and that we're not on the fringe and that we're not in these positions where um, you're regulated to being a slave or being in a subservient position, that we're supposed to be in- what's,
3: what's moving forward look like for America?
1: Having Kamala, Harris as the VP that's what moving forward looks like
3: I mean I mean brother brother Austin what's what's moving forward mean because I, I don't understand to me we start doing what I they do VP. I don't understand to, 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 to me means. we
2: start doing what they do and that's coming together economically to make sure that our, our rights are in, and what we want to listen to you know, it means us coming together and forming groups. And we kinda started doing that with Black yeah. Lives Matter, you know, where we're not just, you know, sending emails. In that, Soros, and, in
3: that Soros group?
2: Huh? In that George Soros group? I mean he's donated a lot of money to it, yeah. But I wouldn't say it, it's it's his So group. you mean
3: you or you meant like us creating our own group? Mm hmm.
2: I creating. I mean, you're not going to have no organization just has one. I always use the Jewish people as a model because I think they've they've done it the best, better than white people have done it. You know, it's not just one group. Right. You know, the Jewish folks have numerous trade associations and groups that all advocate towards making life better for Jewish people across the world. We need more of that. We used to have that. The NAACP used to be that. The Urban well, minute, League used to be that. Wasn't that founded by white people, too? Yeah, you, I mean, this is a white country. We're 13 We're 13 percent of the population in this country. There's always going to be some level of white influence in anything that we do in America, because whether we like it or not, this is not Africa. White people are, are part of this country and likely will always be a part of this country. But that doesn't mean just because a white person's involved or a white person donated money that the group still can't advocate for what we want. Well, people. I'm talking
3: about the creation, not just being a part or donating money. I'm talking about creating the whole organization. There's no... I mean, I personally subjectively see a problem with that. Like, a white person creating an institution for us. And, you know, Darby always speaks to this thing called universal suspicion. Mm-hmm. It's not hating. It's not not fucking with somebody. It's no, just you're, a, you're a rightfully credible. And one... Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> That's like, what a uh... oh. But I mean, uh,
3: skepticism <laughs> isn't skepticism isn't bad. skepticism because skepticism, it, skepticism still gives it like a negative, undertone. Uh, Garvey was just saying universal universal suspicion because you are in, in collaboration with a demographic of people who basically hate you. They they have history of murdering you, raping you, uh, just just to this day, treating you horribly. Like, with all the evidence and the facts and everything that you can, you know, back it up with existing in front of people's faces every day, all day, you know, I'm just saying universal suspicion makes sense when someone creates and funds the an organization for you. It's kind of weird.
2: Yeah, and I agree with you on that. But I'm here to say not every white person, you know, in America is actively trying to thwart you know, what we want as blacks. Not every white person is our enemy in that regard. I, are ne- I
0: never
3: said that or anything close to that. I know a lot of real cool white people who's down with, you know, what is right and what is good. So I don't want you to misinterpret what I stated with that comment that you stated.
0: Nice. Froze up, buddy. So yeah, that's um. We'll give him a second to come back through. Do, do we just blame his... you,
3: Dave?
2: Yeah, uh, you can blame
0: me. Okay. Can you
3: it's
2: guys our... hear
0: me? Yeah, we can you, hear you. Can yeah, guys hear me now. yeah, yeah you the picture. There you are. Hey, man. All right. All right. So uh, There we go. So what yeah. What
2: was the you... What was the last thing you guys heard?
0: Uh, was I uh, was. Uh, right after he stopped talking, uh, you froze up and we didn't hear anything you said.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, no. Basically, I was saying that, you know, all white people are our enemy for the most part. You know, there were white folks that fought for abolition. There were mm. white folks that fought for the end of slavery. And honestly, those things wouldn't have happened without some white folks, you know, contributing to it. And so it's one of those things where, you know, we will need, you know, people and coalitions outside of the African-American community. If we want to be successful in effectuating our agenda.
3: Yeah, I agree. My my point was only like uh of other organizations, maybe not white people, you know, but any other organization that comes in and creates an institution and funds it for us just seems weird. That was you No, know, I get point. you. I get you. Yeah. And the,
2: the thing is, you know, we do need to start doing that on our own. We need to come together and say enough is enough you know we're not going to spend money on any brand or any company that discriminates against black people you know we're not going to spend money in but other that's people's every company i mean you know we got to we got to make the stances right and if that's every company then we build our own companies
3: yeah indeed
2: yeah you know yeah. that that's what it's going to take for us to really be where we want to be in this country and until we get that mindset we're going to be stuck in the same place that we're in. Well,
3: here. I have
0: it's another starting, question. It's starting to sound it's like good. you, Jay.
3: No, well, I guess, well, <laughs> how do we do the, How do we take the time to start our own institutions? You're already and- doing it. You're already
2: doing it. I, I saw I saw it behind you. I saw it right behind you. It's how you raise your children. It, it's, it's how you mentor people in the community. It, yeah. It's how you serve as an example of how you're supposed to live life and how you're supposed to carry yourself as a black man or a black woman. You know, and if every single person on this call and every single person listening to this show took the time to explain, you know, black group economics, you know, took the time to explain, you know, the power systems in this country and how they work, we wouldn't be in the issue that we're in now.
3: I think we would, because, you know, I think there's still like a, uh, a target to have us incarcerated, to have oh, us addicted to substances. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of what helped the Jews is that they control their media. They control the music that their children listen to. They control the television and the films that their children listen to. They control the school systems that their children are educated in. They control the grocery stores that control the food that their children and their family eat. So it's it's much easier to organize and mobilize the community when you have access and control of your means of production. So when you're still, still subjected you are spoon-fed what food is in your community. You're spoon-fed what comes on your radio. You're spoon-fed what comes on your television. And that that all goes into the development of a human being, a human mind, a human psyche, and we don't control those things. That has helped the, the Jewish communi- community tremendously achieve accomplishments, you know, when they can control the development of their children. I feel that we lack control of the development and education of our children we outsource our our development and our growth to uh political parties and you know <laughs> you know the, these bourgeois groups that that focus on um i guess what's the shit dr king when he was like uh he's he was sending us to a burning house integrate we trying to integrate with a society that hates our guts and we just trying to minimize the fact that the country hates our guts. And it's not even me just, it's not a subjective position by me. I can just look outside my window. Oh no, we're black men. We're black men with all of the facts of just today. And be like, we're, wow, we're black men with, with
2: examples, beards in America. Is me and board. you are public <laughs> enemy number one. I, everything you experience as a black man is what I experience as a black man. I totally get you 100%. But just because it's hard, Doesn't mean we don't have to try, you know. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, we don't control it. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, they're against us. But we gotta try. We got. We've got to try to. We've got to try to improve the lot of our people and struggles here in America. And I think we.
3: How do we do that when we're focused on a party that has nothing to do with us? Like, how do we focus all of our time, energy, money, money, prayers, uh, spiritual? healing like everything that our community needs how do we focus on us at the same time focus on continuing to build up this country and its structure and framework that it created for them which in the constitution all the bills and laws have been written you know factually treat us like second-class citizens but we're taking our lifetimes and our children's and our education were focusing on this system like everybody's elated right now as if and then i've been seeing like my friends be like oh we won and it's like okay well if we won now we can focus on the things that you're talking about brother nick right i think
2: i think now is the time to hold them accountable i think now is the time them
3: is you too you too
2: I, what do you mean? Like, we're, we're, well, both, I mean, we're both persecuted. No, we're no, both no, black no, people no, in America. No, what I'm
3: saying is you are an advocate for, I, I guess, this uh, 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 presidency. And, you know, like Kamala, like, you know, I, I know each size about Kamala. And, and, you know, so it's like, oh, y'all won. So it's like now, I mean, what does that mean? When people are posting like we won. and And based on the conversation that we're having here now, like, what does I-1 mean? For me, it means,
2: with my organization, the National Bar Association, which is pretty much all the Black lawyers in America, is now is the time to hold them accountable for the things that we want. We want student loan debt, you know, um, either either canceled or subsided or, or cut in half at least to give people some relief on their student loan payments and the money that they owe. We want health care for all. Everyone in America, especially communities of color need affordable health care, you know, from my grandmother, the people I know paying thousands and thousands of dollars that they don't have, you know, for, for medicines they need to live and, you know, they can't afford, you know, we need that. We need better schools. The schools in our community are terrible. They don't get the investment dollars that they need and our children don't get, you know, the kind of start that they need to have in life to be able to compete, get the jobs they want, do the things they want to do. We need more of that. We need police that don't shoot us,
3: (laughs) you know? Uh, Just to start with the basics. Paws, nigga, paws. So I know it's a hard truth for most Black people to understand, but since the inception of the institution, police officers are trained to shoot Black people. Yeah, no, I mean, clearly the numbers bear that out. You can't ask them to change their, their, their policy. Like, that's why they were created. (laughs) to to protect and and serve property owners in this country.
2: Yeah, that. I mean, it it started with the runaway slave patrol. Exactly. We we already know the history of it, but that doesn't mean we, I I hear you, but we got to do what we got to do to stop what's happening in the streets. We can't just say, oh, it's their job and then it is what it is and it's never going to change. We got to advocate. We got to fight. We got to continue to change the laws in this country to make sure that if they do that, there's serious consequences and penalties for that happening. From who? From the law. I mean, white people aren't above the, the law, law in this country. They to go to jail, to jail the law? The law is
3: going to punish themselves?
2: I, I mean, I, I've spent my career studying the law, and there are plenty of white people sitting in jail for violating the law, too. And if the laws change, police officers, whether they like it or not, will have to change how they do business. But the laws don't change because people don't vote. People People don't elect their senators people don't elect their congressional leaders people don't elect their city council you know the best when people when somebody comes to me in dc and they tell me oh i don't get involved in politics i have one word for you mary and barry when i was 14 you know how i got my first job growing up in trinidad northeast in the crack infested times of the 80s and dave you knew how my neighborhood was like back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah, i can't tell yeah. you how many times i've been shot at how many times my windows are gotten shot out while i was sitting at home watching tv as a kid How many people I've seen murdered on our streets growing up in D.C. and Trinidad? And still Trinidad, even with gentrification, isn't the community we wanted to be. But you know who helped get me to where I am today? Marion Barry. I've never met Marion Barry. Not one time. I've seen him out, you know, at different things, but I've never met him or had an interaction with him. But Marion Barry helped me get my first job. Thousands of youth that didn't have anything to do over the summer— Back in the 90s, I was making $15 an hour yeah, working yeah, in the too. mailroom yeah. at a law firm. That's how I decided I wanted to become a lawyer, right? Politics don't matter. Mary and Barry. You know why we have PG County? PG County used to be all white. PG County yeah. was 90% Caucasian. Mary and Barry and created... Yeah, and it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mary and <laughs> Barry created PG County. Mm. You know how he created PG County? Because when he became mayor... Rich black said, people. He said, you know what he said? They weren't always rich black people. They weren't. Well, I mean, them government jobs made them rich. Exactly. Marion Barry said, you know know. what? This city has hundreds of millions of dollars in contractor work. Mm -hmm. Marion Barry took that contractor work from the traditional Caucasian companies that had a monopoly on it. And what did he do? He started distributing it to African-American owned companies. So Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden, if D.C. needed paper, there was a black company that provided paper to the city. Mm -hmm. D.C. needed, you know, repair services for for construction dump trucks or something like that. There was a black company that did repairs for for D.C. trucks and whatnot. And so all across the board, revenue shifted from only being monopolized by Caucasian companies to now African-American companies being able to get some of that revenue and money. And it created PG County, the richest African-American county in America. In so America, people tell yeah. me voting doesn't matter. What if Barry what if Mary and world. Barry had been hadn't got in an office and a white person had gotten elected.
0: Yeah, I think Mary and Barry's uh legacy uh has been and I and I feel like it's a you know, my conspiracy theory, mine, I feel like it's a concerted effort to 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 as as they do with a lot of prominent african-americans to to um overthrow that legacy and because now all this if you google search marion barry his his arrest for drugs comes up before any of that and i don't even think any of that stuff that you just mentioned comes up but we're lucky and blessed enough in our generation to have people who are of that stock people that we've actually had on this show people like uh like, uh, 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 wasn't um, uh, Trey, uh, tra- oh. tra- tra- yeah, white tra- and, and, yeah. and, and Carl Thomas and, and, and politicians in the city who are actually moving to, to, to make, who still believe in the system and believe what Nick said about working within the system to make a better way uh for for us here uh in this city and in the world in our country and in the world and so um i don't want to stay on this i knew uh this would be an interesting little back and forth between jay just because uh you know i know uh a little bit about who nick is and what he does and i know you know jay is a, an interesting fellow also but uh, so <laughs> but i don't want to stay on this too much uh because i wanted to talk about a couple of other things um and specifically get some um some some legal information like like i said a lot of things have been going on we've ventured like legal opinions about the things and stuff of that nature but to actually have somebody with some um some some law knowledge uh in the house to talk a little bit about uh some of the things that are going on i wanted to start with uh the biggest topic of course uh with uh the all the lawsuits that donald trump is trying to uh pose to the to pose to um you know, uh, overthrow the election and things of that nature. Now, the way I see it, he's just kind of throwing up stuff to see what'll stick, and try to get something to the level of the Supreme Court, which he padded so that he can, you know, try to overturn something. It, it, would you say that's accurate, Nick? Like, I, um, very accurate.
2: I yeah. mean, you di- you distilled it to what it is, and that again, this is why voting matters, right? Because Jay, you can't tell me if you put me on the Supreme Court, you know what I'm gonna do. Well, they're I not going to put Rick know, Ross then, on the Supreme a, Court. If you don't <laughs> know, then I'm going to tell you. If I'm on the Supreme Court, I'm advocating for my people. Any way that I can, I'm trying to change things to make things better for you and your kids. That's my focus when I walk into the court every day, is what can I do to make life but better then,
3: for you? But then the rest of your peers will kill you.
2: It's, hey, I mean, well, hey, Martin Malcolm, it happens. But I know what my calling is, and I know what no, I'm what I'm just, what I'm I'm just for.
3: saying... No, I'm not saying that literally. Now, I'm just saying, like, if you went in with the mindset that you had, like, let's just say, you know, Nick Austin was elected to the Supreme Court, right? Then the rest of the, what is it, like 11 other court people? They'd Mm -hmm. be like, yo, this nigga Nick, Mm -hmm. he be Mm -hmm. talking about this black shit and doing this for black people. It's going to mess up our money. It's going to cause, you know what I'm saying? It's going to cause conflict in the status quo. On how we conduct conduct business in this country. So either you would have to do it subtly, you know what I'm saying, or you couldn't just be like Nick is for black people" outright. I think you know what I'm saying. Uh, I mean,
2: I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But I, I'm I'm in corporate America, and I'm for black people every day. You know, in my company, I forced you know our bank to look at investing. And putting money in the black-owned banks, you know, you yeah, can I do mean, that. I, I you can, you can, for, you can be for, you uh, can be for, you can be for us. It's doable. I think a lot of people are just afraid. I think a lot of people yeah. don't have the chutzpah for to to go out there and say, <laughs> you know, my- black Black Lives Matter, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm about. You know, my my example for that is LeBron James. You know, before LeBron, even with Jordan, folks really didn't come out with hard stances. LeBron Mm -hmm. was one of the first athletes to be like, I don't care about my endorsement. You can keep the money if you want, but Black Lives Matter, and y'all can't just keep shooting us in the streets. And he took a lot of of flack for that, but LeBron was like, I don't care. I'm going to do it my way, and we just need more people in those roles like LeBron to be able to stand up and say, to hell with your money and endorsements and tax write-off. This is my agenda, and this is what I'm for. LeBron, LeBron put his money where his mouth is. He says, you know what? I'm gonna start schools. I'm gonna right, at least right. focus on trying to change my hometown. I can't change the world overnight, but I'm gonna start changing my hometown. And so in Akron, Ohio, LeBron's changed many, many lives with the money he's put into his schools, helping kids get food, education, access to resources. So, I mean, what if every rapper entertainer took a LeBron mentality? How would that change life in America for well, all? Well,
3: you're getting it to the property of the Jews, Nick. <laughs> the Jews <laughs> own the rappers, Nick. <laughs> I mean, money owns the rappers. And hold on, because you're a lawyer, so I have to be quite on point with you. So I would I would uh, invite you to check the whole board of directors and the CEOs of every major record, record company. Oh, I don't need to check. You're right. You're 100% <laughs> so right. So they are property of the agenda of the Jewish community. So well, if, they, if rappers are talking about drugs and shooting each other in the head and being promiscuous and big rims and shit, that what comes from a executive CEO meeting of what they want discussed in the culture in the black communities and then they'll hire well, you know they're more than looking at it as just so. Jewish
2: or white. I look at it as is old Wu Tang,
3: cream, right? Cash rules mm-hmm. everything amount I don't know it. I think there's and so a big, for me, and in law, I think there's a bigger agenda than just money. There's, there's I mean the money is what they
2: use money. to control the artists, right? It's the money that creates the control because the artists feel- are willing to do whatever it takes to make the money. Without right. the, the money lure, they don't have the control. And, and right. I think that just goes back to, you know, our hyper-focus as a community on getting paid. You know, yeah. we're just hyper-focused yeah. on on getting paid, and that's what you really used to control us. Whether it's corporate America, whether you're a rapper or a basketball player or a football player, when you're so focused on just the money. And I think that goes back to, you know, People like little wayne and 50 cent focusing on well donald trump may be racist but look how much money i'm gonna make on my on my tax cuts right,
3: right. you
2: know we just so focused on that and i think that's how the system is used to control us in this country especially at that level and that's why i have so much respect for people like lebron who say i don't care it's not about the money to me it's about doing what i feel is right for for my community
0: yeah, yeah. He said what? Y'all breaking up? Hello. Got that. Bron got that long braids. He
3: could do shit like him. yeah, that, yeah. That first year rookie. That rookie that just coming to the league. That got the minimum. He ain't doing shit. Like, well, man, you I'm know I'm to get, uh, get the swastika tattooed on my head. <laughs> oh lord.
0: <laughs> but uh, but, but I mean, I think that it's it's more organizations focused on guidance and and, and giving these younger athletes because you know these are athletes. Uh, is blowing money like crazy and not really uh you know like you said their focus is not on what they can do for others or their community or anything um it, and I feel like what what uh, Nick said is, is true and it's uh, manufactured also is that that belief that money um is is the, the key and so it, it has us focused so focused on any it's not even about a better life anymore to the point where now it's just about having money and having things like the possession of it it's not i got this money and i'm gonna move out the hood and i got this money and i'm gonna get cars and rims and stuff and i'm gonna stay in the hood and i'm gonna buy bricks and sell them on the block to get more money you know it's, it's crazy it's- uh, but uh, but yeah uh, I blame you, Dave. You blame me? Yeah. i look I haven't sold bricks in years. No, I'm just playing. I never did no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm joking. No, but uh I'm gonna tell uh,
2: your mama. See, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no,
0: nah, yeah. You know my mama, so you know I ain't sold nothing, man. Eh? My dad was nah. right, right. So but um but yeah, I wanna, you know, um uh, move on to a little bit lighter uh topic before we get into specifically interviewing uh and talking to Nick about all of his um his awesome accomplishments. Uh, a couple of things happened over the weekend. Chappelle hosted SNL again. Did you guys see it? I did. No, I didn't I was, it, was it good? It was really uh, good. His monologue was amazing. Jay, did you see it? I know you're a big Chappelle fan like I am. Absolutely. I saw it open, I didn't see the whole uh,
3: show, but I saw it open the monologue. Day.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, it, mm. they let him do a long set. And he he kind of yeah. went off. Nick, I, check it out when you get a chance. I gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah. It was deep and interesting. And the funny thing is, I've, I've talked to people, um, Black people and white people who was like, man, it wasn't that funny. I didn't really get it. And uh, to each of those people, I said the same thing, which was, it wasn't for you, you know? So, but, um, yeah. it was, it you definitely know. He definitely didn't do his blanket, make everyone laugh monologue.
3: No. He yeah, definitely he was, it was uh, gender based. It was agenda yeah. based. Yeah, yeah. So, it,
1: was, it was for white people. It was the word. Yeah,
3: because he was, he was digging. So, just like his joint that he did in Ohio, yeah, uh, yeah. after the 846, you know, it wasn't really meant to be funny. Funny, yeah, yeah. he was gonna say stuff that had some humor involved. And I feel the same way about the the monologue, it wasn't really like, Yo, I'm about to come out, do SNL, and be hilarious. He was just like, Okay, oh, y'all asking me to come on national TV the the day after the election? Like, okay, I have some things to say, and he's gonna like. Sprinkle, sprinkle, some crackle, you know, sprinkle some humor, Comedy, right? Right,
0: right. Let's but say, it, was, yeah.
3: it wasn't like a stand up, I'm gonna make you laugh. So, I understand what the people are saying when was, you spoke today, but your answer was appropriate, it wasn't for them,
0: and it was still hilarious, though. And it was, also, yeah. right in it, he said, you know, he, he basically said, uh, the, the point of it, which is. I can't even say any real stuff without having a punchline to it. I mean, he said that in the monologue. So yeah. you know, right. yeah. So that that's kinda what he did too. But using that platform, having millions of people, you know, just waiting for him to come out and do something so that he can get out there and, and actually say some real stuff and add some punchlines so they can still say, Well, technically it was a stand up but right. it adding more knowledge and more uh, uh uh teachers I think is is what makes him uh dope person and comedian and 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 yeah so shout out to Chappelle, you did a great job um the, the monologue was amazing like you uh jay i was working uh that night so i didn't see the the entire show i saw like maybe one or two skits but the monologue really stood out for me after i saw that i was like that's all i need to see nigga. i'm done right but uh <laughs> So, um, uh, one more thing, the uh, true hip hop fans are, are really excited. Over the weekend, it was announced that the Versus Battle is doing a Tribe Called Quest versus Outcast, which is historic. Ooh, oh, wow. is huge. That really it's huge. It's huge. Yes, yes. They said Swiss announced oh, it. And, and it's going down. Um, the two of the greatest uh, hip hop groups in the history of hip hop. You know, and so yeah, um, the, that Versus, the whole concept of the Versus Battle has been like an amazing uh, uh, celebration of music. And the celebration of black excellence. I haven't seen any white. Have y'all seen any white artists on the versus battle? No. I think, no. I think
1: Timbo and Swiss no. kind of keeping
0: it black too, right? Yeah. Damn. I do want to see a white joint, though. I want to see the nigga Michael McDonald versus the nigga that sang uh,
3: Do For Love. What's the nigga name? Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell, <laughs> Caldwell Michael
1: McDonald. That would be a tight joint. <laughs> you want, you yeah, want the boy. soul? You want
0: the blue soul one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it? The blue? Yeah. Blue What's collar like? soul. What? Well, I- Oh yeah, blue eyes so. though. Yeah. up, <laughs> That's hilarious. So, um so we've talked about it a few times. I don't think Nick or Aisha was on it with us when we talked about it, but did you guys have have you been following the versus battles and did you have a favorite of, of any of them? Uh, I let uh, um well, let's do ladies first. Aisha, do you do you
1: have a favorite um, yeah, versus I've battle? Yeah, I've, I've watched most of them. Um, the Brandy and Monica one I thought was really good. Um, the one with um, Beanie Man, I thought that was like when they took a turn to improve the quality of the verses. Because mm-hmm. when they first came out, they were kind of janky a little bit. A little janky.
0: Yeah, shout out to uh, Teddy Riley.
1: <laughs> yeah, Teddy
0: Riley. He didn't become a verb
1: right yeah. and, and sound
3: stages all around the world like don't teddy,
1: teddy
0: rally. rally me man right <laughs> damn teddy yeah. he still won that joint though he still won did he though you don't think so, so kill so baby face
1: a huge fan i just feel like baby face is petty was so much greater um,
0: but, yeah. <laughs> when he was like, oh, you remixed that? I don't do remixes. <laughs> that was, yeah, yeah, baby faces. <laughs> <baby laughs> that was dope. <laughs> but, um, but but uh, but Nick, have you followed the versus battles at all? Yeah,
2: I think Brandy Monica was, was my favorite because it was clear that Monica doesn't like Brandy. Oh. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was just hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but but it's usually you know a good celebration of, of of like I said, black culture, black music, and they've been getting like setting records. And when we come together to do something, like it's always that. It's always we breaking off kind of records, breaking you know, and and when it's a celebration of excellence, I think that one of the key things about the whole election season was they played on people's uh, um, want to see a fight. You know, and, and that was that whole... The whole energy was, I hate this person, I hate that person. On the contrast, there's something called the versus battle. But it's more admiration and love between the two artists. And I think that's what brought, you know, a lot of people out to see it and made it beloved and made it a huge moneymaker for Timberland and Swish. Shout out to them. And, uh, and it just made it something that we're anxious to see now. They're getting big people because they wouldn't be able to get, you know, these big names if it wasn't something that, you know, that people could get behind. So, so shout out to them yeah. for doing that, man. It's an amazing thing and i'm and, anxious to see this Tribe called quest versus outcast yeah. oh yeah that's be gonna be
2: legendary yeah, yeah. i just legendary. wish uh fife could be alive to see right it. yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah i saw some people saying it wasn't you know uh um, a fair or balanced because fife wasn't here but yeah. i mean you can still play the music and, and, and tribute them so i, I feel like it's, it's gonna three be three stars
3: probably ain't gonna show up anyway right <laughs> 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 right right, right. now nah, i wasn't be on, at home on the couch
0: Right, right, right. On Jupiter, you know, wherever he is. Right, playing time. playing flute shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy with my flute. I couldn't get in, right. but uh, but yeah. So I want to uh, 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 take a few moments to talk to you, Nick. Thank you so much for joining us and engaging in right, conversation for you, man. You were when
2: I was younger, man. I thought you were the coolest dude ever, man. I was, what? I bet somebody oh, did, right? Like, <laughs> yo, you you he would just walk up to the piano at the church and just start jamming like like a virtuoso, like, oh, just yeah. super talented. That's why you stupid, Dave, man. So I've always had nothing but love and respect for you. And so
3: anytime Yo, you leave me- said virtuoso,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, more
2: I mean, I mean, he just being there like, you know, <laughs> And so it was just one of those things where, you know, I've always had a lot of love and respect for you, man. So anytime anytime you hit me up, you know, I'll always make time for you, bro. You
0: definitely do, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate you coming through to hang out with us. And and you, man, just knowing you from, from, uh, you know, a little kid to seeing the 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 immense heights that you've been able to reach is is um is a blessing to me man like it, it just feels good to see somebody i know make it i know a lot of people who ain't make it you know so when somebody you know just uh, gets to a good position in life and they're comfortable and you know doing well and uh but i i feel like anybody that you that knew you from um from the era that i that uh we were um around each other in or at any point probably has no doubt that you, you know, would get to the level that you're at now. And so,
2: man, it's it's bittersweet, though, because, you know, I got so many cats from Trinidad in my hood that ain't make it. Right. And there's so many people that that ain't making it that look like me and you. So, yeah, I got a little bite of the apple, but I can't enjoy it because I look out and everybody else is still hungry. So we right, got a lot right. of work to do.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You, you running for office? That sounds like a... Pl- nah, I'm just playing nah, it. nah, man, I, I, I ain't
2: go. in the politics, man. <laughs> I, everybody <laughs> always says it, but for what Jay said, you know, it's just hard, man. I just yeah. I just don't like the special interests. I don't like, you know, Um, you need money to run for office and then you got to, you know, not sell your soul, per se, to, to get the money to run a campaign. Right. And I just, it's just not me. So I'd rather try to work behind the scenes and lobby and help and connect people and,
3: and try to make things better that way. That's dope, man. That's dope. I want to talk to you about that, too, When once Dave gets a little deeper into your interview.
0: Yeah, yeah. So And I figured you would. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I want to talk to you about, uh, I want to go back a little bit um, to, to the times when I knew you growing up as a young man, you know, in Trinidad. So um, do you remember um, being younger and people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Do you remember what you would say, what your ambitions were back then?
2: Yeah, I think back then I was always just like, oh, I want to be like a politician or something like that. You know, I, I was really big into like, you know, public service and, you okay. know, being president. I want to be president of the United States of America. You know, you <laughs> be young and naive. You don't really even understand what it means, but right. it just sounds so good, saw right? Obama. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, they saw Obama do it, you know, but Obama kind of Iced you up. I met that dude, and he is on some...
3: Oh, well, you really got sliced
2: he, up. He's on some <laughs> different stuff, man. Yeah, like when yeah. I say genius, that dude is is a different level of intelligence. And yeah, I don't think I people it. really yeah, realize he,
3: he that. Killed, he killed my man. He killed my man, Gaddafi. I was like, yeah, he got to be a genius. He, he
0: killed yeah, he's, Gaddafi? He's, <laughs> yeah, that's my man. Like the he's real on. Gaddafi, Gaddafi? Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know nothing yeah. anyway, but yeah. Uh, moving on, <laughs> we'll circle back to that. Put a pin in that. We'll circle back to it. No <laughs> It's okay. But uh, so, um, how did your interest get into law? Like, when did you first uh, start? It was to- uh,
2: in, in college at Morehouse, really. You know, I wasn't was sure what I was, what I wanted to. Uh, yeah, I know, right? You know, we ain't HU, but we got a little juice, you know. Right, right, right. And so, um, I had a mentor. When did you, you doing in Morehouse, man? Huh? Uh, from, 2000, from 2002 to 2006. Oh, uh, you yeah. Okay. And so um, I'm not that young, you know. All right, right. I think I yeah, got I'm like a grain of beard old,
3: a little
0: bit. <laughs> yeah, Jason is actually 76 years old. He just he, <laughs> yeah. he drinks a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> he uses a... I was like, oh, you
3: weren't even there when I was down there. I wasn't yeah. at Morehouse. I was down there at Clark. Oh, you were at a CAU? Yeah. yeah. That's what's up. But this was C- way, way, way before you did yeah uh...
2: you see love man you know how we do Mm -hmm. like um but But no for me it was just a mentor like anything else you know you don't really can't you really can't see the path so i think most times you need somebody to kind of show you the path and so there was a a senior who i thought was real cool and he was just like um yo i've been seeing you around campus have you ever thought about you know doing law and I was just like, well, well, a little bit, but, you know, I don't really know, you know how to do it. Like, how do you become a lawyer, right? right. Like, But you said, like, my mom was a social worker. My dad was a cab driver. You know, I grew up in the hood. And so I was lucky enough to play sports and, and go to good schools. But outside of that, you know, no one in the school tells you this is how you become this or this right. is what you do to do that. You know, yeah. you kind of just got to figure it out. And so my mentor at Morehouse was like, yo, you should do this. And then he gave me his LSAT study books. And he was like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And so I was just like, all right. And so I did it. And that's really how I became a lawyer. You oh, know, it okay. wasn't some, like, stroke of genius on my part. It was really just somebody having an interest in me to say, I think you'd be good for this. You should try to do this that looked like me. And so mm-hmm. that's why I think it's important. Like, what I was telling Jay before is, you know, kids, I didn't realize this, but kids really listen to you, kind of. You yeah, know, they may did. not say yeah. it, but... If you're like, yo, I think you're good at this, you should consider it, and here's how you can do it, and I'm going to help you, nine times out of ten, most black kids are going to be like, all right, I'm going to see what my man's just talking about.
0: And that's 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 amazing. I just want to say real quick that um, I wonder how much, um, how well this person knew you, just because knowing you growing up and how into debate you were and how good you were at it. Like, I remember we used to have, uh, like, the little mock debates at yeah, church and stuff. And you you stuff. would kill it every time. So, to say that you weren't even thinking about law, that's interesting. I that, wasn't thinking about wow. it. No one had mentioned it. Wow. No one
2: was like, this is what you should do. Or people say, oh, you could be a lawyer, but no one ever told me how. Right. Or, like, right. you know, what, what was the process, or what were the steps, or how much money, how I'm going to pay for it, right? Because yeah. my parents didn't have no money. Right. So, how mm-hmm. I'm going to pay for this? You know, we can't... My mama can't co-sign on, no, no, I hope my mama ain't listening. <laughs> she, <laughs> she had I know, right? <laughs> you out there telling my bitch. <laughs> but my mama was broke. She ain't yeah. had no money. Right, <laughs> you know, right. so like, somebody's like, oh, be a lawyer. You're like, how, how are we going to do that?
0: Right. It seems right. like the unattainable, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But like is- Law
2: school, when I went, was $50,000 a year. Right. Yeah. And that's just tuition. Yeah. that ain't even like how you gonna eat where you gonna sleep right mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. it's just like where yo know, that's a that's a that's almost you're talking about a quarter million dollars
0: mm-hmm. when it's
2: all said and done like where's that money gonna come from Their loan limits you can't get that much in loans right you know, right for most black people's credit you know that's not how it's set up for us so how you gonna do it and so right. no one really ever tells you oh you can say oh i want to be a lawyer or i want to be a doctor how how sway yeah.
0: right you know? <laughs> right yeah, yeah, but you you figured it out though and you said it was a um a largely attributable to to having a strong mentor and somebody yep. who took an interest in you and, and and that's dope. And um uh shout out real quick to Jay the 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 work that he does mentoring uh the youth in our area and he's kind of that beacon, kind of that person to be like, look, you you more than your circumstances and you can do this and like he said it's not even really um uh you know Giving them a direction as much as showing them their uh, excellence and letting them kind of go with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's right. The,
3: They'll listen to you if you got something to show them and to tell them. They will listen to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, most people just be talking to them and don't have nothing for them after the talk. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's become problematic. So he's absolutely right. Like, if you could, if you talk to a young person and show them something and, and be like, "I'll support you." Yeah, yeah, we could, we could get uh you know we could take great strides just in that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree
3: with you one
2: hundred
0: percent, Jay. One yeah. percent. So so I want to get a little bit into your um because because like like you mentioned before, you've uh you know studied law for ten years. You said ten years, right?
2: Well, eleven now.
0: Eleven, right. yeah. And so this is something that you've you know pretty much uh dedicated your your life and your time and your focus to for the last eleven years. And so um uh, there are a lot of people and um. I, me, myself included, who have had different opinions about the legal system and how it's set up. And so um, I'm going to tell you. It's the fuck up. Right, right. Right. <laughs> it just it is. Pretty much. And so, <laughs> and so I was going to tell, tell you a quick story. The last time that I was called for jury duty, right? Um, you know, there's a point where you're in there, and they're selecting the jury, and they're picking you, and they give you a little, um, a little index card, and they're like, "We're okay. gonna say things with a number." You write down the number that um, that applies to you, and so they asked if you have family in law enforcement, and so I wrote down that number, and then they said if you have any issues with the legal system, and I wrote down that number. So the, um, the two, the two lawyers and the uh, the judge called me up to the front and asked, and they're like, "What's your issue with the legal system?" And I was like, "Well," um, the corruption that exists in it and you know people say that a lot people don't even understand what corruption means and so they were like well can you explain a little bit because people use that to get out a lot but i was like so i'm not disrespecting your profession because i'm sure you you know you gave your life to this profession and i'm sure you're all a noble people but your nobility can only go so far in the corrupt system right so for instance if somebody's on trial whether they're innocent or guilty it's more um that it is more um acclimated to to serve the person who has the whose lawyer is more prepared, whose lawyer is more focused, and at times sure. even whose lawyer is closer uh in in friendship or relation to the judge or whatever the case may be and it's tough for me to uh you know to even agree with a system that that is the case in and so uh and they got they let me go but uh uh, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) so they was like all right you're dismissed but um so to people who feel like that and who have the evidence of things that have been happening for years especially to the black community I look at people like you, and I see you as like a beacon to us, saying, "Look, this is what the legal system can be for us if we just use it to our advantage." So, what what do you say to people who who feel like I did, I did at that point?
2: The system is corrupt, unfortunately, but America is corrupt. You know, yeah. I mean, this country. You know, we essentially stole the land. Well, not we. I guess we, in the sense, we're Americans, but you and I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we 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 came over here. You know, by force. Right. <laughs> you know, we we didn't. You know what Malcolm X said, like, uh, the Plymouth Rock landed on us.
0: Right, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You know, and so that's true, but talking about it and complaining about it ain't gonna change nothing either. Right. So you gotta get involved, and the way to get involved is to be on juries, right? Because what happens is a lot of times there's a lot of black people just disengage from the system. They say, oh, it's corrupt, I don't care about it, I'm not gonna do jury duty, right? right? So say something happens to me, right, you know, where I work, say they, oh, Nick stole blah, 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 blah. It's not true, they made it up. So now I'm on trial, right? I go look at the jury, and the jury's all
0: white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No
2: black people wanted to be involved. So I don't
1: have any help. No yeah. representation. Yeah. I don't yeah. got no
2: representation.
1: And they go, so it, and yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Or, 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 or do the reverse, right? Say I go to jury duty, right? And there's a young black boy, right? Like, let's say he got caught with a gun but the kid is talented, you know, let's say he's a basketball star, he's got some talent, he's got a future, you know, it's almost an Ivan, Ives, Ivan Iverson uh, situation, right? Yeah. And so that kid needs an advocate on the jury to be like, yeah, he got caught with possession of a handgun, but look at this kid, he just lost, he just need mentoring, you know, yeah. put him in some type of little probation program for a little bit, don't kick him out of school, give him a chance to, to get this right. You know, if right. there's a black person on that jury maybe that kid gets that chance, right? You yeah. know, but if all the black people disengage and say, nah, the system is corrupt, I'm just not even going to be a part of it. Oh.
1: Yeah, it's no and, uh, he's, he's, and he's
0: going to Lorton. Before he's you, getting bef- locked
1: up in Lorton.
0: Before you, you go, know? Jay, I just want to say real quick, the reason I don't do that anymore is because a black woman, <clears throat> excuse me, a black woman who was in law school at Howard, cussed me out for that. Like, I feel good about yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. And I got off of jury duty, so it must be true. And she was like, nigga, nah. do you realize the person that was on trial probably went to jail because you wasn't on that jury? And I was hey, like, right oh. Right. And it took me, hey, uh, and, and it messed no. me up for a while. But but yeah, go ahead, Jay, what you got?
3: Hey, so I'm a big advocate for jury duty, right? So are, are you in D.C.? You practicing law in D.C., Nick? Yes. All right, mm-hmm. so I... So I love jury duty. I, I love to go. And uh, so, what's the what's the jury's call when you do a whole bunch of cases? Like we had to go for like three weeks and sit in this room. But they jury. brought us like
0: a what is it? Grand jury? Is that what it is? It's yes. a grand jury or petty mm-hmm. jury?
3: Grand, grand jury can, can can do that as well. Both
2: can. But
0: we were we, we
3: getting like different cases all day every day. We was getting different cases.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, know. You were
3: you are on a docket. Oh. Okay. okay. So so what happened was so. <laughs> The reason I love going to church because I do exactly what you just talked about, Nick. so everybody was getting off, right? So everything that was coming to us was like, you know, possession of like $20 bag of weed. Yeah, or, nobody needed so to go to some, jail for that. So look, so we got to about like 30 cases, right? And I got everybody off, right? <laughs> like, like everybody, yeah. I was like, because nah, you know, but now nah, it was some dudes that like did a rape or like a murder. I was like, nah, oh, yeah. you got you to gotta go, it's, bro. Um, like, can't have you out here living like that. But anyway... So after about, like, the 30th case, they brought in the DA in D.C. It was a black dude. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is he still the DA in D.C.? What was his name? I forgot. He was a black dude. He had a bald head. I just knew he was black. I didn't expect it to be a black man. Was it Nick? <laughs> no, it wasn't Nick. I wasn't there, Right. Right. Anyway, this is, this is probably at least 10, maybe 15 years ago, right? So they brought the black DA in, and they pulled me out of the jury, right? And he he went to talk to me in a hall. And, I, I, and he gave me the spirit. I, I I went in similar to what, like, they was doing, but it was like the opposite, like, yo, that's the reason I'm here. Right? Yeah. And, and we talked about the corruption of the system. And he told me face-to-face, he was like, because I was questioning him. Like, you know, I tested him. Like, yo, bro, you the DA, and you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm like, how many white people do you lock up? And how many blah blah blah? And he was just like, look, man, the system is corrupt. And he was like, to be honest with you, he was like, You doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And and I, and you know, and it was, it was fucking, I guess it messes up their record or what have you, but yeah. he was still, he still was like, Look, man, he was like, he was like, You right, you're telling the truth. He was like, the system is corrupt, man. He was just like, Well. He was like you exercise your right. He was like this is how you can, you know, say make a change. And, <laughs> and, and like, for that person that you like- saved from jail, you've changed right. their life,
2: man. That's a yeah. big ass change to yeah. to go from being in jail to not being in jail.
3: I don't know a bigger change. Right. And, and yeah. I, and I yeah. that the reason I bring that up is is that like to, to even from the beginning of yeah, our conversation, we all are on the same side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz we all kind of want things. Whether you consider me a hotel. or <laughs> It doesn't matter. I just want what's right. And what's we want. We good. want the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even when thing. I talked to, to that DA who was on the opposite side, when we talked one on one, eye to eye, we both realized too, like, damn, even we want the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. We just we don't know thing. how to approach it. Right. That makes it just for all. You know. You kind of have to accept a little corruption like he was telling me he was like yeah it is corrupt this is my job I've been doing this for 20 something years like what you want me to do like I ain't gonna stop he's like I'm in it you know what I'm saying it's like I, you know what I'm saying I, I make six figures I got a family you know what I'm saying this is I, I do my job well I, you know I think I'm doing what's right for the people you know what I'm saying and then he he was human enough human enough to see my position. Cause you know, they brought him in there to talk to me to kind of like reprimand me. Like, yo, you can't just come here and just like let everybody off. (laughs) But at the same time, after talking to me and me expressing why I had that position, whether I was right or wrong, he understood it. And it was like, even if you're messing up my record, you are exercising your right to do what you Mm -hmm. feel. So it was kind of like a common ground and it was weird and awkward. And we left. And I actually ended up seeing him at the Jamaican restaurant like three or four years later, right? (laughs) Then I was like, oh, I was like, hey, you the DEA, right? And then he was with cops. And so I guess the cops came to (laughs) like. Oh, they thought you was was about to. And then he was like, like, oh, 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 yeah. Then he kind of like held him back because he was like, nah, nah, I remember you from jury duty. I was like, yeah. But he was like, yo, he locked up so many people. He never knows. Who's like trying to retaliate and hit him?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm
3: like, yo, that was deep. That was yeah. deep, you know? Yeah. Because it's like at the same time, like you still, how you was just saying, Nick, how we, you know me doing that was like keeping niggas out of jail. He's put a lot of niggas in jail, yeah. for serious time. I could never, I could never bullshit bullshit do that. Talking. I could never
2: be a DA. It's just not my. Yeah, I was like there because we was just like
3: the it. spot, and he was, he was. I was like, hey, and they was like, yo, how you know him? Like, I'm right, like, right. Hey. I was like, that's a lot of pressure right there. Right, right,
0: right. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's, that's crazy, man. But uh, real quick before we get back into the interview, uh, I do want to say that that's kind of the idea, like the mad scientist, uh, 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 the overview of these type of conversations that I have is seeing people from different positions like Jay and Nick have these conversations and come to the conclusion that we both working for the same thing. If we were to take these powers and put them together... You know, and oh, yeah, and, and build, yeah, yeah, and that's that's so that's the goal of it. So uh, with that being said, I'm gonna ask a few more questions uh, because it, it's already twelve nineteen, and this has been a good conversation though, so I appreciate it. But um, so uh, that negative connotation uh, that people have with lawyers and with the legal system, um, I guess we kind of already touched on it a little bit. But is there anything specific that you believe that can be done to start to change that? or turn a direction and make people see that, uh, you know... Yeah,
2: Obama started it. Obama appointed more black judges than any president previously in history. And if you load the legal system with nothing but black people, some way, some kind of how, our interests are going to get hurt in there. And so I think we need more more black judges. We need more black people like Jay coming to jury duty because there's no reason somebody should get locked up because they had a nickel bag. Like, really? Right. Going to jail because you had a nickel bag? Like, really? you know, we need people in there like Jay to say, okay, this is ridiculous. You know, give the dude a ticket and keep it moving. Make right, him pay a fine, maybe, right. but he don't need to have a record yeah. for a nickel bag. Yeah. You know, now if you yeah. show up with, like, you know, 20 metric tons, then you're like, well, <laughs> like, dog, man, you can't.
3: You might yeah. have <laughs> to do a little
2: bit of time for that. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean like, jury duty, like, ah, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, yeah, well, maybe that's the time. time. <laughs> but, like, but, like,
2: a little bit of weed, like, you shouldn't have right. to go to jail for that. That's right, ridiculous, right. you know? Right. Like, a little bit of crack, I mean, okay, yeah, you probably shouldn't do crack. But to go to jail for that, maybe you just need some type of, like, improvement program. Right. You know, mm, some counseling, yeah. you know? You know, maybe yeah. that that's what you need, you know? But, you know, we need more people on jury duty. We need more black lawyers. We do need more black prosecutors that can, you know, maybe make some of these decisions, you know, instead of sending this person to jail, maybe at home probation, like a lot of Caucasians get, you know, a lot of Caucasians that do crime, they get this thing called preferred prosecution where they say, you know what, the time you would have spent in jail, we're just going to basically, you know, let you do some community service and Mm -hmm. you'll be on probation and you can't mess up, you know, for the next year or so. You know, a lot of Caucasians that do things, get those kind of deals, but we don't have people to advocate for us, so we don't get that. So I think if we want to see the legal system change, that means we just have to be involved in it. We just got to get involved in it. Dave,
3: I know you got questions, but I got I got a question for Nick, man. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so you spoke a little bit earlier about lobbying, right? So I'm trying to give information to the youngins in my community about what lobbying is. So can you just break down like what, you know, on a layman's term What you talked about,
2: basically is people with money using that money to make something happen the way they want to see it, right? So let's say I own a let's say I own a, a pool, right? I own a neighborhood pool, right? And D.C. currently says that you can't charge to have people in a neighborhood pool. If I open a pool in DC it's got to be free right so you're a lobbyist right so I pick up the phone and I say hey Jay you a lobbyist let me give you $20,000 right go talk to the mayor go talk to the city council and get that rule change for me so you take that 20k you use your connections you call up Bowser you go hey look you know we got some folks you know trying to do this community pool thing you know can you help out you take Bowser to dinner right you know, you me, Bowser. Take Bowser to it's funny that and you would say him. that. Jay has a crush on <laughs> Bowser. <laughs> 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 I got a crush on me. Right. I mean, you know, she, she, a'ight.
0: <laughs> but no. Um,
2: <laughs> but like, but like, uh, I was gonna say ghetto doobie, but I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> okay. But, Like she, um, but she, she's cool though. But no, like, so you, you take Bowser out to dinner. Bowser likes, you know, I don't know. I was gonna say like Babyface. Babyface is coming to town. So you take Bowser, you know, to watch, you know, the Babyface
3: concert, right? I'm and? getting it. this is too visual for me. You got to you got to scale this down. You <laughs> I know, like I know. her? I not like, oh, like Babyface. <laughs> no, right? I'm about to lobby babyface, like, yo, bro, I'm
2: trying to need you up here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, but is that
3: what a lobbyist That's is what about? a lobbyist is. That like, is. So, is so, that so a paid
2: position, though? Like, yeah, $4. they only make $4. lots $4. of money, yeah. lots of money. Some lobbyists in D.C. make millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is the law comes up for renewal, right, so that you can now charge for people to have access to pools, right? So when mm-hmm. that law comes around, Bowser and the city council, you done taking everybody to dinner, you done promised people favors. You done hooked everybody up. So they're going to vote for it now. So now mm-hmm. you come back to me, because I paid you the 20K, and you say, hey, Nick, thanks for the 20K. You'll be able to charge for people to come in your pool now. That's how lobbyists works, right? Corporations, oh, well, hold, rich hold people. Hold on, Nick.
3: Hold on, Nick. So to be a lobbyist, do you have to, like, have, like, a, a desk or office on the hill? Like, what? Like, how no, do they It's, in, it,
2: it's influence, right? Lobbyists ah. get paid to be influencers. Right. So just like how I hired you to influence the mayor for me, like right. you hire a lobbying firm or you hire an individual contractor lobbyist to advocate for you on whatever you want to see happen. whether that's okay. a, lo- a typical lobbying thing where if you're a pharmaceutical company and you want <laughs> the rules relaxed for human trials, right? You'll yeah. pay a lobbying company to sit basically sit at Congress all day, follow the Congress people around. And say y'all need to do this. Y'all need to so do So how this. does the y'all person to do know
3: to start a lobbying company? Does it have to be like some random individual that knows a lot of congressmen? Yeah, or, it, like, it, it, you... it's
2: it's 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 usually people who become lobbyists have influence on the people that are in office, right? Okay. Like let's okay. say you know you know Trayon, right? Yeah. And so like your relationship with Trayon, essentially, you would be trading it in for money, because ah. people know you know him. So I would give you twenty thousand dollars. But maybe say I, I care about community activism. So I would give you twenty thousand dollars and say, Hey, can you convince Trayon to sponsor a bill increasing community activism? And then you get the money and then you go do that. And so you'll take Treyon to lunch, you'll talk to him, you'll you'll write a proposal. Here's a proposal on how you can do it. You know, right, you'll right. put everything together so all Trayon has right. to do okay. is, is advocate it. And that's what the lobbyist is. Basically you're like a whisperer, you're an influencer.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, wow. thank you. That
2: helps a lot. And anybody can be a lobbyist, you know. I,
3: that's what I was trying to get at. Anybody like, oh, okay, can be a lobbyist,
2: you know. But it yeah. helps, of course, if you have connections, and you right. you know you have access to those people because you usually need lobbyists because those people are hard to get to, and those people have tons of people trying to monopolize their time, and you know, so you yeah. got to be like a you know like World Wide West, you know, the basketball guy, Hell you know, no. the guy um, like or like Maverick Carter maybe, LeBron's guy.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: that's the kind of person that lobbyists usually are. They're okay. usually in yeah, the I shadows, could, kind of I working, greasing the wheels to try to make things happen for the people they work
0: for. Worldwide West yeah. was the dude that was doing it for the college students, right? I mean, for the students coming into the league. Okay, yeah, I've read a story about him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's was an that interesting little. Um, that was very helpful. Yeah, that was an interesting politics lesson that we got from Professor Austin. Will this be on the test? Uh, out that's out what here, I man. need to know. Will this? <laughs> <laughs> But um, I want to ask you real quick, uh, Nick, so um, in your path to, uh, you know, like the the level of success that you've achieved, uh, what was some of the best advice that you got? Do you remember anybody who, like, sat you down and said something to you that really stuck with you? Yeah,
2: never, never shit on anyone, ever, because you just never know, you know, how someone can help you, regardless of, like, you can see a homeless man outside, Mm -hmm. but 10 years later, that dude might own a, a biotech firm and you may need his help. So make sure you try to be kind to everyone, help people when you can. I mean, you got to do what you got to do for yourself and your family. But to mm-hmm. the extent you have extra and you can help people, help people. Advice is free. And it'll always come back to you tenfold. And, you know, that that advice has been really, really good for me in my, my career. I've seen it happen.
0: Dope, dope. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, uh, you are that type of person, too. This is a real, you know, uh, carry <laughs> philanthropic. That's my big word for the day, Jay. Ah, <laughs> philanthropic type I try person. to be man
2: I wish I wish I had billions and then I can yeah. really do what I want to do out here but I know what the little I have I try to I try to do with it.
0: I know you just being modest. You got that belly man. Go ahead and say it. You got the belly. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, but um no. so uh, on that same token of, of advice that you received, what's something that you wish you knew going in or something that you you know you try to tell people that I ask you something that you the some little piece of knowledge
2: importance of investing your money. Mm. I wish I would have known about that when I was younger. You know, investments are everything. That's how America works. And and I didn't realize, I mean, I invest now, but Mm -hmm. if I would have started in high school, you know, for the money that I have, I'd be like tenfold, you know, if I would have started investing earlier. And and we as African-Americans, we don't invest. And so learning investment, whether it's real estate investment, whether it's investment in the stock market, whether it's investment in other companies, you know, whatever type or creating your own company, or your own brand. You know, Mm -hmm. I just really wish there was more focus on teaching our kids how to invest money.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. That's definitely uh, uh, some good information. Um, So, um, you know, you, you had a lot of successes. What would you say like um, is is your biggest regret or failure? And what did you learn from that?
2: Um, Me and my friends started a restaurant in Philadelphia. Mm. And um, you know it was Cafe Rue fifty two, and okay. uh, we we sold crepes and sandwiches, you know, and whatnot. And the restaurant failed, unfortunately. Yeah, they selling
3: is... crepes to black people. Should probably did.
0: But <laughs> nigga, if you don't get some chicken, some chicken. All right.
2: So <laughs> no. so uh, uh, yeah, it failed. It was a spectacular <laughs> failure. Wow. wow. Thousands of dollars. Wow thousands and thousands of dollars. And, uh, you know, the lesson that I learned was, um, don't start a restaurant It's a really difficult business to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at least for me, I would never I would never do a restaurant again. Um, but I also learned, you know, the importance of choosing your business partners wisely. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, just like you would choose your wife wisely, you need to have that same level of discernment when doing business with people, you Mm -hmm. know, you you got you married, Nick? No. Nah, nope. Mm-mm.
0: Not yet. <laughs> he showed you the no. finger to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, not prove it. right, right. Nope. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah. but
2: if if I were to choose a wife one day, I'm gonna put her through the paces. You know, I gotta know everything. But right. Like, yeah. You know, it's one of those things where where in business you should have that same level of discernment for the people that you you know choose to do business with, and it's a lesson that I've learned. And it was a good lesson. It was a costly lesson, but uh, it was a lesson I learned and I'm thankful
0: for. Most of the best lessons are costly, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's emotion. Yeah. But I mean, those are the ones that really stick with you and really guide you to to, uh, any kind of level of success. So that's pretty dope. Um, Well, it's it's already 1230. I do want to ask you, there's a couple of questions that I usually ask um, all of our guests and I always like the answers that I get because they're pretty introspective. So if you had an opportunity to talk to Young Nicholas Austin, you know, uh, if you could go back to, uh, let's say, you know, 11, 12-year-old Nicholas Austin. If you could get in a time machine and go back and actually see him, you know, in the streets in Trinidad, chilling. You know, uh, you had an opportunity to have a conversation with him. Uh, what, what, what would that conversation be like? What kind of things? Knowing everything you know now, going through everything you've been through with all the wisdom you've acquired. What would that conversation be like?
2: Uh, First thing would be like buy up all the shares of Microsoft and Apple you can. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but basically back to that investing piece. The second piece is to, I would have been more confident earlier on, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, I always talk like this. So even though I grew up in the hood, you know, people would think, Oh, you some rich kid from Bethesda or right, like right. you know, or like PG. I'm like, nah, I'm actually kind of broke and poor from Trinidad. Right. I just happen to speak English really well. Right. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so people be like, Oh, you trying to talk white and for mm. it made me for a long time not shine the way I should have shine. And mm. so I would tell myself to say, Bump all that, you know, always, you know, be true to yourself and and do it confidently. You know, don't let anyone ever make you feel like less than you are, because that's your gift to the world and that's your purpose in the world. And so I wish I would have uh, come into my own sooner that way versus always feeling self-conscious about the way I talked or how different I may have been than other people that, that were around me in the neighborhood. Right. And so those are the, the two things, you know, investing and always just being confident. And it's a lesson even today when I walk into... I have a different part today, right? Because when I walk into a room today, I'm usually the only black dude in the room. And, you know, I walk in, I'm about 5'11", 6 feet. You know, I'm about 300 pounds, and I got a beard. So, you know, when I walk in, they're like, who the hell is this, you know, walking in this boardroom? And, you know, I walk in, and I'm like, I'm Nick Austin, you better fucking recognize, you know? Like, I don't, I don't, you know belittle myself or make myself feel any smaller because i'm running this meeting and
0: i'm in charge so you need to sit down so we can get started yeah yeah that's, that's dope that's dope i'm nick Austin and that should be if you ever do run for art uh, for office that should be your slogan i'm nick Austin, and you need to recognize yeah that'd be dope that'd be crazy but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing, and I think knowing you from from when I did, I kind of I saw a point where you started to come into your own, and it was always based on you know your your prowess when it came to um, to debate and to being able to use your your intelligence and your voice as as your weapon you know and so when you said that you know that was why it was shocking to me when you said law wasn't something that was on your radar until somebody brought it to you because it's been obvious to i think a lot of people around you for a long time so it's dope yeah, that everybody you found with it. me right 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 it's dope that you found it and were able to to use it to your advantage and, and you already touched on it a little bit but i know there's a lot of people um, um looking to get into law and and, and entrepreneurship and things of, the nature that you're into and uh so what kind of advice would you give somebody that um like you didn't you know started out not knowing you
2: got to talk to people that look like you so if you're a black woman and you want to be a a lawyer you need to find some black women lawyers to talk to so they can give you the roadmap, they can give you the playbook they can tell you how to do it you know like Biggie said, the Ten Commandments, right? You gotta yeah. have rules to this, you know? Yeah. And so everything is like that in our society, the way it's set up. You don't really have to be super smart or super wealthy or super successful. You just have to know the rules. And I didn't realize that, you know, young as a younger person, but now, you know, I know that. Like if you wanna be an engineer, you just get the engineer rule book and you follow it and you right. can become an engineer. Right. And so what I'll do is you got my email address, right? Nick Austin ESQ at gmail.com. For anybody listening to this today that wants to become a lawyer and you don't know how to get started in the game you give me an email and i will be sure to link you with the mentor or someone you know in the legal field to help you you know achieve your goal and, and get where you want to be but that's really the key you got to talk to people that look like you and i say that look like you for a reason right because if i were white my journey to becoming a lawyer would be very different yeah definitely very different definitely. right and if i were even a black woman my journey to becoming a lawyer would be very different. So you got to get advice that's tailored to people who went through the struggles that you went through, you yeah, know? Yeah. Because uh, I'm not going to do well asking, you know, um, Bill Clinton how he became a lawyer, right? Because I'm not a white world. man from right. Arkansas. Right. So right. I, I right. need that. What you pointing at, East.
1: Well, because <laughs> this goes back to what I was talking to David about before, about HBCUs, <laughs> which is why oh, yeah. it's important to attend them because you have your mentors and peers in those spaces Uh when you're at pwis you are the anomaly and they're going to look out for their own ilk it's not even purposeful a lot of times it's just the nature of how it is but when you're immersed in a an experience where you're around professionals and mentors and people who look like you it's a different energy so that's just full circle 100, we're I agree with you
0: 100. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna, and we're gonna go a little over today, cause uh, if, if you guys uh, don't mind, cause I did want to talk a little bit about that, cause uh, Nick, you uh, graduated from Morehouse, but you have uh, the 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 um, luxury of a unique perspective where you went to Morehouse and then you also studied at Georgetown. So uh, getting to see the cultures, the different cultures, I was talking about. Oh, behind, night and day. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking about night so. Day and Morehouse, so. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Night and day. Morehouse for. Morehouse just helped my spirit and psyche. It was the first time in my life where I've ever been surrounded by nothing but black people. I mean, because you got Morris Brown, you got Clark Atlanta, you got, you know, Morehouse, you got Spelman. It's nothing but black excellence everywhere, everywhere you can see, like, you know. Cause, you know part-
3: Spelman. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's in Spelman,
2: man. And so you're surrounded by all of that. And I remember talking. You mentioned Spellman. I remember going on a date with this girl, and I was like, "Well, what do you want to do when you when you leave here?" And she was like, "Oh, I'm trying to go to NASA and be an astronaut." And I was just like, I it too." Yeah, right. she did. And so I was yeah, just I, like, hey, girl, what? I'm like, I've like, so never, never heard nobody Black say they want to be an ass Like, right. I mean, it wasn't even like a <laughs> thing you could do, right? Like, thought- what do you want to do? Or oh, I want to be a rapper. I want to be a basketball player. I want to be an astronaut. Like, right. we
0: can do that? Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I what? Man. That's dope. It's That's like dope.
2: mind-blowing. Like, she going to space. Like, yeah. and so the first time <laughs> in my life where I've been surrounded by people where I'm just like wow and they all look like me they all like things I like we doing the same things you know what I mean but she's gonna be an astronaut and so that kind of experience just empowers you so when I got to Georgetown it was like uh it was like she said a second ago you know um I was the anomaly they were like oh look at that negro that speaks well okay that was cool yeah. it was like a circus exhibit yeah. you wow. know, no one really wow. took an interest in me at Georgetown Right. no one really was advocating for me to do well at Georgetown mm-hmm. you know I had professors that did all kinds of racist stuff to me and said all kinds wow. of racist things wow. to me yeah. you know, treated me like I was slow or like, like I had some issues but coming from Morehouse I already had that confidence like mm-hmm. man I know what to do coming oh, from Morehouse I, I knew people ain't, I could ain't call ain't no good
3: shit happened at Georgetown Nick <laughs> <laughs>
2: For real? You know, Damn. The, the, the best the well, best I
3: mean, went, come on.
0: You
2: know, I mean, the best expe- experiences I had were from the Black Student Union, per se. We call it Black Law Students oh. Association, but it's really like a Black Student Union. But I can't count that. Because I know. I'm just right? you that don't count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't
3: really count. Your
2: peers, you had to still run. The, be the, the reason I
1: asked
3: because I went to a PWI and a HBCU, right? And I remember at the, at the HB, I mean, at the PWI, This there was this literature professor, old white lady that really Mm -hmm. took an interest in me, like you know what I'm saying. And and I guess it had nothing to do with race. She was like, yo, like you can, you really write, and you know, I think I had her for like English Comp Two and like creative writing. And I guess very similar to what you experienced, Nick. She couldn't believe that I could read and speak <laughs> and spell so yes. well. Oh, so wow. Look at that nice magical Negro. Like, yo, where'd you come <laughs> from? Like, you know. But well, but yes, to, 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 to transcend race, I really think she was just like a literary buff. She just really liked writing and mm-hmm. really, and she saw that I was, in, you know, uh, naturally. And so I did get a lot of encouragement and she was very supportive of me and like, like were giving me assignments to do extra credit because i don't even think it was race i think she was just such a uh uh creative writing enthusiast that she found somebody in her scope you know black or white like but she definitely was encouraging and like supportive and was like trying to push me to do better and this was some white lady at a white school Mm
1: -hmm. but with that though so one you were exceptional for her and i think for, for the the mid-level or for young people who aren't really clear on what they want. So if you're already focused and driven, you're going to excel wherever. You know what I mean? Yeah. PWI, HBCU, it has no real bearing. Right, right. But those of us who may be indecisive or you're looking for quality leadership or someone who you can, you know, exemplify and see yourself in, it's important to immerse yourself in that early because once I you agree. get – Corporate space or the working place, you will be in the presence of Caucasians your entire career, the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that opportunity to be at HBCU, and I'm a big advocate for that, um because growing up, like I said, I was in schools where I was the only Black child, and you know what I mean. Like when you're the exception, you know what I mean. There's pressure on you from that end, or you speak well, they assume you're talking white, or why do you mm-hmm. act like this? Whatever your yeah. interest um so it's difficult a lot of times navigating that you have to have a a strong spirit and a strong personality to persevere and i just feel like being at hbcu especially when you're young you know in those formative years and then you move into a pwi um it's a world of difference you know i mean just the confidence you'll have and just the overall um i mean just that exposure to black excellence like like you said a girlfriend of mine went to southern um, she's an engineer at Amazon. Her best friend is an engineer at NASA. Um, and their foundation started at Southern University. Mm. You know, just having that exposure and that experience and that camaraderie, it lasts a lifetime. It, it, it's something that you grow into as an adult. And, um, yeah, um, I'm all for HBCUs.
0: Right. right. Yeah, be, so before we wrap this up, the question that, that I had about it, though, was there are some people who uh, who have spoken to um, the, the lack of an HBCU to, uh, effectively prepare its students for, um, interactions in the real world just because it's not a a clear representation of, and so I'm not saying, this is what I've heard. I'm not saying this. I don't believe it either because, you know, I was at Howard. I didn't graduate from Howard, but I was there for a couple of years. I spent too much time in the girls' dorm, so I didn't make it out, but... That ex- I feel the, the way you feel and, about this. It's experience. never too late, and it's never too late to, so,
2: to go and rap. Nah, uh, nah, right. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I did No, I Right?
0: No. Just saying, man. It, it's nah. never too.
2: No, nah, I didn't. It's too late. It's, to it's, it's,
0: a, it's, too late. It it's too late for me. I can't. I can't do it. It's too late for it's me. Too late for day. For <laughs> day for I'm day not gonna make. it I'm not gonna make. it. Yeah. Right. Right. But no, nah, but yeah, so... Uh...
2: I, I, I feel like it goes back to the standard that whiteness is best. Yes. And when I hear those things, you're devaluing the black experience and black intelligence because you're basically saying that being black is not good enough. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And what I tell and people to say happen. that is they would never say that about any white institution. But every nope. white institution is not Harvard. Right. Nope. <laughs> right. Every white institution is not Georgetown or Yale. No, plenty right. of low quality, bad rating white institutions out I mean,
1: John here. Hopkins, John Hopkins is the HBCU and they converted it over. You know what I mean? Like mm. it didn't start off with all these other ethnicities there. It was for us. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. I, I no, I don't, I don't subscribe to that at all. Me and my cousin, we debate about this all the time. And she's like, well, my daughters, they don't go to HBCUs. And I was like, well, you're doing them a disservice. Just saying. What I what I noticed in corporate America, and this is just my own anecdotal, right? I don't have any proof or
2: statistics for this, but in my experiences in corporate America, I find HBCU graduates to be more competent than right. themselves hmm. usually. I found okay. most of the Ivy League and P W I folks
1: that at least that I've run
2: into to demure more and to be more timid in corporate have- environments.
1: Did I not say this, David?
0: Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. She said it. Yeah. Just in my experiences, right? right. Well, someone agrees with you. That doesn't mean you're. No, I'm just playing. You're right. You're right. (laughs) I can see the
3: correlation by, you know, the confidence thing. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So, so yeah, man. uh, But I don't want to keep you on here for like six hours because we'll talk to you all day. But man, it's been an amazing. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I got
3: the last statement, Dave.
0: You got the final statement. Okay, well, I let you do the final statement, then I'll do the wrap up. Go ahead. All
3: right. So, before you leave, Brother Nick, my mom was, was studied paralegal for a couple years. So I just want this is a true false answer. Are you ready? Okay. A true false answer. True or false answer? Oh, then true
0: you can or wrap up.
3: So, a quote from my mom who was paralegal for a couple years. She was like, The law is not about the truth. It's about
0: what you can prove. That's true. pretty much what I said. That's pretty much what I was saying, you know, with the jury duty thing, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. It's just true. That's why lawyers matter. That's why yeah. you need to have black lawyers and you need to have people that understand the black experience in mm. those
0: roles. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. job. Go ahead, Dave. Definitely, definitely. That's a strong way to end it, too. I appreciate you, Jay, and I appreciate that answer, Nick. Hey, man, it's been so great talking to you. Um, thank you so much for coming through and kicking it with us today, man. Um uh, I'm just I'm just happy for you and proud of you, brother. Like I said, knowing from where you come from to see the see the the, the level of the heights that you've reached, uh, is a beautiful thing and um I know you say you you stand away from uh, public office, but I'm going to vote for you next year. I mean, the, the next nah, four years from president. Hey, hey, hey. You, I'm I'm for president. I'm writing you in. You can't stop me. I'm writing you in. I'm writing you in. You can't stop me. You can't stop me. I'm writing you in. But, um, but yeah, so but thank you so much for coming through. Uh, Isha, thank you so much for stepping in for Patrice today. We appreciate you. It's always fun to have you uh, twirling your hair with us. On here. No. <laughs> <laughs> But your, imp- your input and insight is always welcome, and Your feminine energy is always necessary. Uh, Jason, thanks again for uh, for holding it down for the whole tap, brother. No, I'm just playing but uh, right.
2: i don't even know what it means, but I like <laughs> it. Bro.
1: What does it mean? What does it
2: mean?
1: What does <laughs> um, I'll send you the di- the dictionary definition.
2: Okay, okay. All right. All right. But no, Jay, Jay just fun. some real. I want you to know I respect your energy and I respect where you're coming from cuz like you said, we want the same things, man. Likewise, brother. Likewise. And so
0: and and we're going to talk some more. I'm going to call both of y'all cuz I mean, I think it's some it's, it's some potential for some real uh some real change to happen between the two brilliant minds that we have here. So, uh, well, the, the four brilliant, I ain't going to do it. Isha, you're, you're brilliant, too. But anyway, but uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just the, kidding. No, nah, I'm the Dave. comic relief. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, thank you guys for watching us today. This has been another episode of Neighbors Cast. We'll be back next week with more information, more great guests, more great conversations. Y'all take care of each other and take care of yourselves. Peace. Peace. All right, take care, everybody. All Y'all right. are awesome. Keep doing what you do. Yes, sir.